0: Hello, and welcome to the Arise and Build podcast. This is Jody Grace, and we're here to inspire, educate, and activate believers in Missouri to steward and protect freedom in every area of life, especially here in the heart of America. We are gonna be talking about what's happening right here in our culture, how it connects to scripture, and what we can do to bring our conservative Christian values back into the public square. If you haven't already, I'd love for you to go ahead, hit the subscribe button, So you can get our updates and join us as we work together, just like Nehemiah and the Israelites did, to arise and build a wall around the great state of Missouri. Hey everybody, I hope you're having a great day. Thank you so much for joining me again. We're going to talk a little bit today again about Nehemiah. Yesterday, we talked about that prayer that he prayed uh, to God because he was so upset about the walls of Jerusalem and the state of Jerusalem after uh, they had been conquered. And um, today we see that that prayer of his was answered. So in chapter 2, Um, It goes on to tell us that the king that Nehemiah worked for, he was the cupbearer to the king. So he was in the presence of the king, probably on a daily basis. And uh, so the king asked Nehemiah why he was so upset. He was visibly sad, and the king asked him about that. So in that moment, in verse 4, the king said to Nehemiah, it says, then the king said to me, what would you request? And he asked this because like I said, he had, he had seen that Nehemiah was upset and sad about something Nehemiah had explained. And so his response to Nehemiah was, what would you request? Now, Nehemiah's response to the question, it says, so I prayed to the God of heaven. And it's interesting to me that Earlier in the first chapter, you know, Nehemiah uh, prayed this longer prayer. We talked about that already. Um, He reminded God of his promises and all of that. But here in in this moment, this just small, tiny amount of time, after he was asked a question, it says, so I prayed to the God of heaven. And that tells me that not only is it important for us to have our prayer time, to be praying on a daily basis, to take our larger concerns, to do a larger amount of praying, I guess, if that's how you want to say it, um, and more diligent and intentional prayers. But it's also really important to just live our lives in a prayerful attitude. That when these moments come up in our lives, uh, regardless of you know the details, that we take a moment and that we pray in the moment and ask for direction and discernment to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit speak and to give him an opportunity to lead us in the right direction to him for him to lead us and guide us in our daily decisions the things that we say the things that we do even in the tiny moments so i just want to pause and really reflect on that today and even ask you, if you were going to gauge yourself on that particular point or that particular thing, how well are we doing at living our lives in a prayerful attitude, humble before the Lord and giving him the opportunity to lead us and guide us even in the things that we say and the things that we do throughout the day? And we're going to continue talking about what happens with this, but it turns out very well for Nehemiah um, as a result of that. So I would just encourage you to do a little self-evaluation and let's all try to be better at giving the Holy Spirit the opportunity to lead and guide us in the moments of the day. I believe that when we do that he will honor us he will speak he will guide he will lead he will give wisdom when we ask and the result will be a joyful a more joyful um life i believe we'll see blessing and favor when we start walking daily in that prayerful attitude so i hope that that's encouraging and helpful for you today and like i said we'll go on and and talk about all of the ways that Nehemiah's prayers were answered. It's an incredible story, so I hope you'll come back. But now we want to shift gears a little bit, and I want to get back to talking about the House of Representatives here in the state of Missouri. Um, We've been talking about the House rules and how important they are. It really is crucial. The rules truly are the bedrock of how the house functions and it's so important it has a huge effect on the things that happen throughout the course of each legislative session today i want to talk to you about the speaker the the leader of the house regardless of who he is it doesn't you know right now the, the speaker of the house is dean plocker but it that's really insignificant because uh regardless of who it is the way that it functions is the issue, and it's it's ultimately the problem, in my opinion. So the current speaker of the House, his name is Dean Plucker, and the majority floor leader, his name is John Patterson. Now, John Patterson is a representative from Kansas City. Dean Plucker is a representative from over in the St. Louis area, and it's typical what that what happens is as um, the speaker of the House finishes his term and moves on, what typically happens is the majority floor leader rises up into that speaker position. That's just sort of the tradition of how it works. It's not a rule and it's not written anywhere. It's just usually how how it plays out. So um, I wanna give you a little information um, about that. I think this plays into part of the problem that we see happening in the House. Our session, our legislative session is January through mid-May. So the first week of January every year, the legislators come into Jefferson City and they do their jobs here in the Capitol through the middle of May. They're basically part-time legislators if you wanna say that, although they do various things throughout the year. Our representatives are elected for two years at a time And every single representative has to be reelected every two years. So on the even years, all of our representatives names are back on the ballot and um, they have to be reelected. They do have an eight year term limit. So they're elected for two years at a time. They can serve a total of four two year terms. And that gives them eight years in the house of representatives. So to Right now, we're in the fall of 2023. We just, in May, we finished our uh, legislative session of 2023. And like I said, Dean Plocker, it was the speaker for that session. He was elected officially in January, right after they come to Jefferson City, Jefferson City to start the session. They, The representatives themselves elect a speaker. So he's elected for the term, for the two-year term. So he served the first part of his term in 23. And now coming up into 24, our speaker will continue to be Dean Plucker, And then at the end of the 24, the 2024 session, Dean will have finished his eight years. He will term out and he will not return to the House of Representatives. Um, Representative Plucker is actually running for Lieutenant Governor. So we'll see what happens there. But in the next year, after um, this upcoming session, then we will have a new Speaker of the House. So in 24, we will have elections for our representatives. There will be several who term out and we will get brand new representatives, a set of them. That group that shows up as representatives in January of 2025 will officially elect the next speaker of the house. That's when the official vote is taken for our next speaker. The interesting thing is that just last week uh, before veto session began, our Republican representatives caucused, which means they had a meeting usually they caucus at the capitol sometimes they do it in other locations at this particular time it was at the capitol they were there for veto session so they got together they caucused and this is how it happens on a regular basis for many many sessions and terms this is how it's been happening during their caucus um, at veto session just before a veto session they actually had an election the representatives themselves the current representatives elected, not, official, not an official election, but they took a vote and they basically tapped John Patterson to be Speaker of the House. Now, the official election for John's speakership, if that's a word, um, won't take place until January of 2025, but it's September of 2023 and they've already had an election with the current representatives and basically tapped him to be speaker in the 25, 26 legislative term. Now that's interesting to me because we have representatives who took part in the vote before veto session that won't even be representatives in 25. And then we'll, because we'll have a new set, they will turn out and we'll have a new We'll have new representatives to replace them, but those new representatives coming in now—they usually call them freshmen—and I don't like that because that indicates that somehow they're lesser in the pecking order. And truly, that is how they operate. But I don't like—I don't like that. If you elect um, Jane Smith, let's say, to be your representative, I don't care if it's her first term or her last term; she still is a representative. She still has as much. Power behind her vote as anybody else does. But that's kind of the system. It's kind of like high school, honestly, in a lot of ways, unfortunately. But um, so we'll have different representatives voting on the official vote. But the the freshmen, the new representatives who come in in the spring of 2025, in January of 2025, they are going to be told, well, we've already elected John Patterson. And these new representatives are going to say, okay, well, I didn't know that's how that worked, but if that's how we do it, then so be it. They probably won't question, they'll be told what to do. They'll be told to vote for Patterson and Patterson will become the new speaker. They, they assume that the vote they took in September of 2023, is the last say that they don't have a voice in the 2025 official election for Patterson to be speaker. And like I said, it doesn't matter that it's Patterson. It, I wouldn't care who it was. Um, the pro, part of the problem becomes <coughs> that, <coughs> excuse me, that our new freshmen, our new representatives, they just get told what to do. They get told that this is how it's done. This is how it's always been done. And this is what we do. So we're all going to vote for John Patterson in January of 2025. And that's not actually in the rules. It's just a tradition. And it's harmful. It's really harmful. And it sets this precedent up. And it's been happening for years and years now that the representatives just come in and they get told what to do. And they assume that it can't be another way. It's just like a kid growing up in an abusive household. They assume that this is what love looks like. They assume that this is the way everybody operates, that this is how it's always been, so this is how it's always going to be. And the truth is, in regard to the house rules, this is not how it's always been, and it doesn't have to be that way. But the representatives just get told what to do And they don't understand that they have a choice and they don't understand that if they would band together, stand together and make a change, it would actually be the best thing they could do. It would be better than any piece of legislation they could pass. The best thing they could do for the state of Missouri is actually change the process. I believe personally that they could go to Jefferson City the next five years and not pass one other piece of legislation and we'd probably be better off than we would be otherwise. The best thing they could do for the people is change the process so that it's more fair and that all of the representatives have an equal voice And one of the things they could do is change the way this situation with electing the speaker works. I don't, one of the problems that it sets up (coughs) is that now it's sort of semi-official, let's say, (coughs) that John Patterson is going to be the next speaker. And because the rules are such as they are, Now, everybody knows that they need to basically suck up to John Patterson to get their chairmanships, to get their chairmanships on the committees that they want. All of the lobbyists know and have sort of the official, not that they really needed it because they expect it's going to happen anyway, but they can now um, really direct their attention to John Patterson and start filling his war chest start filling his packs so that he has um, more access to more funds. And that is part of the problem. Now we have set up John Patterson really to be even more powerful in the session coming up in the 2024 session, because everybody wants to butter him up. Everybody's going to be looking to gain lots of favor with Patterson, even though he's not the speaker right now. And in fact, the speaker will have a lot of power in the first part of the uh, new session in 2024. But the longer session goes on, the speaker then basically becomes a lame duck because his power is there becomes a point in the the process in the session where he doesn't have as much power as he did in the first part. The power then starts to shift in the last half of the session in 2024, it shifts to John Patterson. Even though he's still only majority floor leader and even though he hasn't been officially elected elected to be the next speaker. So we set up a system here where we're basically encouraging our representatives to try and gain favor with one person. And we set up a situation with a lobbyist to um, just shift their attention to the next leader and start pouring funds into his accounts. Uh, So that they're also gaining favor with John Patterson. And like I said, it doesn't really matter to me who it is. The names don't matter because this just keeps recurring over and over and over. However, I will tell you that Representative Patterson was one of only, I believe, two Republicans to actually vote against the ban on the medical medicalized transitioning of our children here in Missouri. SB 49 passed this past legislative session. I was um, very thrilled, very happy about that. It's a ban on the medical transitioning of children under the age of 18. And John Patterson actually is only one of two Republicans who voted against that. And he will be the next speaker of the house. I believe his career outside of the Capitol is that he's a surgeon. So he has a strong tie to the medical community. Maybe he felt obligated to vote in their favor versus voting to protect children. But it is a concern to me that he will be the next speaker. And um, beyond John Patterson himself, I believe it's a problem. The process itself is, is the problem. So, I think that Missouri citizens have a right to know the truth. I believe you have a right to know the the how it's actually working and functioning, and this I believe is is a big problem in the Missouri House. The house rules, the way they elect the speaker, the way they set things up for our representatives to really just be focused on seeking favor of leadership, because in order for our representatives to get anything accomplished, they have to have the favor of leadership. If they don't, oftentimes, many times, they're punished. There are repercussions. They don't get their bills moved forward. They don't get things. They don't get their priorities accomplished. And many, 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 I would say the majority of our representatives that come to Jefferson City to represent their people When they first come, when they're first elected, they have good intentions. They have passion issues. Those issues are part of the reason they got elected and they want to make a difference. They want to make a change. But if they don't bow to the speaker and then the majority floor leader, it's very difficult for them to actually be successful. And I think that's a real shame. So I hope that this is helpful for you. I would love for you to reach out to your legislator, to your representative. And if you don't know who that is or you don't know how to do that, you can um, click the link in the show notes. It'll take you to the blog and I will help you accomplish that task. But I would really encourage you to reach out to your representative and just have a conversation. Ask if this is the way it happens. Ask the questions, see what they say. And just start to build a relationship with your representatives here in Missouri's legislation. Hope that this is helpful. I hope you have a great day, and I'll talk to you soon. Hey, thanks for spending some time with me today. I really appreciate it. I hope you found it beneficial and valuable. I'd really encourage you in the next few days to pick up your Bible and grab the practical tools you need to arise and build. Don't forget to subscribe and check out the blog at JodyGrace.com. I'll see you soon.